0: sweet dwaita gadadha hrishvasadi shigora Jai shri shri krishna chaitanya prabhu nityananda sweet dwaita gadadha hrishvasadi shigora baktavandaja we're coming off of wonderful celebration of Janmastami. each year it's different each year it's better and it has its own different flavor so of course this year had its own unique different flavor, and for those of us that were able to catch it on Zoom or if you had service in the temple because we're in the lockdown mode again, uh, it was very, very auspicious to have the association of devotees as well as seeing the Lord in all of his splendor, but then he's always in all of his splendor. We're continuing to read from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, chapter 9, text 26. And when I went over it yesterday and this morning, I thought how key the purport as well as the shloka and the translation. All of it was very relevant. As a matter of fact, it's a large proportion of the Srimag Bhagavatam, the cantos and the purpose. So I look forward to being able to describe it in such a way as to have some impact on the understanding. I'm always praying for the mercy of Guru and Gauranga, and not ever feeling that I know everything. So, uh, before we read from the text, we'd like to honor the loving mood and association, not only of Krishna and Radha, but of devotees in general. When we get that loving association in the right mood, nothing can stop us. It's just that getting it in the right mood, though, by singing Jayarada Madhava.
1: Jaya Madhava, Kunja jai rada mara va kunja jai gopi janavala Jaya gopijanava baba kiri varodariya kishanava baba kiri varodariya nandana braja chara ranjanan nandana Yamunatira Munatira Vanachari Yamunatira ya Munatira, ya Munatira Vanachari Jaya Rara Kunja Bihari Jai radam Madhava kunja bihari jai gopi janavala barivar Jaya Gopi Jana Vallabha Dari Yashoda Nandana Braja Jararanjanan Yashoda Nandana Braja Yamuna tira vanachari ya vanachari Yamuna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare Hare Jaya Radha Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Radha Chanji Radha Kala chanji Jaya Jaya Radha Kala Radha Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Radha Kala Chanji Radha Jaya Jagannath Jaganath, Jaganath, Jaya Jaya Jaganath, Jaya Jaganath, 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 Jaya Jaya Baladeep, 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 Jaya Jaya Baladeep, Jaya Baladeep. Bala Dev Jaya Jaya Bala Jaya Jaya Suvaja 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 jaya, jaya Jaya Subha Jaya, Suvaja Bala Jaya Subha Jaya Suvaja jaya 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 Gorni Tai Gorni Thai Gorni Tai Jaya Jaya Gorni Tai Gorni Tai Gorni Tai Gorni Tai Jaya Gorni j- Tai Goro Haribo 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 Gorni Tai Goro Haribo. Haribo, 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 itaigoro, haribo.
0: Jai, jai, shi, la prabhupad ki jai, jai, shi, shi, radha, kawachanji, dam, ki, jai. Now, you know, it's always really special, not to say that it's good when... The morning class is minimized to maybe one or two devotees or maybe just me and the Lord in all of his manifestations and all of the assembled devotees that we see with our eyes and those that we don't see but we experience by feeling. Always treasure these moments. As a matter of fact, I treasure the opportunity to come before anyone in any position, and speak of what is written in the Vedic scriptures. And what's so amazing, what continues to be so amazing, is that whenever you open the scriptures, it is exactly what is relevant to what's going on in your life at that particular moment. I don't even try to figure it out. It's just Krishna knows. Krishna knows exactly what we need, when we need it. He has always known what we need, when we need it, lifetime after lifetime. And I think our biggest issue is debating with him as to whether or not he knows what we need. And that's actually insane because even before we... Well, even after we came to this material world to lord it over civilization and to try to behave in such a way as if we were gods, the Lord has always been taking care of us. He always has and he always will. And the scriptures that we're reading today is way amazing because it covers Behavior. As a matter of fact, you know, in all of the uh, stories, the uh, Leelas in the scriptures, there are pastimes, there are stories about a particular behavior or a mood or an action. And generally what you're finding is people are not Behaving in a civilized manner. And that civilized manner, that description, people find questionable because everyone has their own description of what they think a civilized manner is. And that's where we get into trouble. But before we talk about the scripture, let's prepare our minds for it. Om namo bhagavate
1: vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya.
0: Text twenty-six. swabhava vihitan yatavarnam. Yatta ashramam, vragya ragopaddhi biyam, admanatobhaya lakshanam, parusha vihitam. Yatta varnam yatta lakshanam, paragya ragopadibhyam amnatobaya lakshanam. Okay, word for word. Purusha, the human being, swa bhava by his own acquired qualities. The hitam. Prescribed, yata, according to, varnam, classification of kes. Kes. Yata, according to, asramam, orders of life, ragya, detachment, raga, attachment, upadhyam, out of such designations, amnatta, systematically, ubaya, both, lakshanan, symptoms, and the translation here is, at Maharaj Yustira's, Yustira's inquiry, Vijmadev first defined all the classifications of casts and orders of life in terms of the individual's qualifications. Then he systematically, in twofold divisions, described counteraction, by detachment, and interaction, By attachment. Hmm. Purport. The conception of forecasts and four orders of life is planned by the Lord Himself, and that's in Bhagavad Gita, 4th chapter 13th text, is to accelerate transcendental qualities of the individual person so that he may gradually realize his spiritual identity and thus act accordingly to get free from material bondage or conditional life. In almost all the Puranas, the subject matter is described in the same spirit. And so... Also, in the Mahabharata, it is more elaborately described by Bhishma Dev in the Shantiparva, beginning from the 60th chapter. Divanashram Dharma is prescribed for the civilized human being just to train him to successfully terminate human life. Self-realization is distinguished from the life of the lower animals engaged in eating, sleeping, fearing, and mating. Dev advice for all human beings, nine qualifications. One, not to become angry. Two, not to lie. Three, To equally distribute wealth. Four, to forgive. Five, to beget children only by one's legitimate wife. Six, to be pure in mind and hygienic in body. Seven, not to be inimical toward anyone. Eight, to be simple. And nine, to support servants or subordinates. One cannot be called a civilized person without acquiring the above mentioned preliminary qualities. Besides these, the brahmanas, the intelligent men, the administrative men, the mercantile community and the laborer class, must acquire special qualities in terms of occupational duties mentioned in all the Vedic scriptures. For the intelligent men, controlling the senses is the most essential qualification. It is the basis of morality. Sex indulgence, even with a legitimate wife, must also be controlled and thereby family control will automatically follow. An intelligent man abuses his great qualifications if he does not follow the Vedic way of life. This means he must seriously make a study of the Vedic literatures, especially of the Srimad Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita. For learning Vedic knowledge, one must approach a person who is sent percent engaged in devotional service. He must not do things which are forbidden in the Shastras. A person cannot be a teacher if he drinks or smokes. In the modern system of education, the teacher's academic qualification is taken into consideration without evaluation of his moral life. Therefore, the result of education is misuse of high intelligence in so many ways. The kshatriya, the member of the administrative class, is especially advised to give charity and not to accept charity in any circumstances. Modern administrators raise subscriptions for some political functions but never give charity to the citizens in any state function. It is just the reverse in the injunction of the Shastras. The administrative class must be well-versed in the Shastras but must not take to the profession of teachers Hmm. The administrator should never pretend to become nonviolent and thereby go to hell. When Arjuna wanted to become a nonviolent coward on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, he was severely chastised by Lord Krishna. The Lord degraded Arjuna at that time to the status of an uncivilized man. For his avowed acceptance of the cult of nonviolence. The administrative class must be personally trained in military education. Cowards should not be elevated to the presidential throne by dint of numerical votes only. The monarchs were all chivalrous personalities. And therefore, monarchy should be maintained, provided the monarch is regularly trained in the occupational duties of a king. In fighting, the king or the president should never return home without being hurt by the enemy the so-called king of today, never visits the war field. He is very much expert in artificially encouraging the fighting strength in the hope of false national prestige. As soon as the administrative class is turned into a gang of mercantile and laborer men, the whole machinery of government becomes polluted, the Vaishas, the members of the mercantile communities, are especially advised to protect the cows. Cow protection means increasing the milk production, namely curd and butter. Agriculture and distribution of the foodstuff are the primary duties of the mercantile community, backed by education in Vedic knowledge, and trained to give in charity. As the Kshatriyas were given charge of the protection of the citizens, Vaisyas were given the charge of the protection of animals. Animals are never meant to be killed. Killing of animals is a symptom of of a barbarian society. or a human being, agriculture produce, fruits and milk are sufficient and compatible foodstuffs. The human society should give more attention to animal protection. The productive energy of the laborer is misused when he is occupied by the industrial enterprises. Industry of various types cannot produce the essential needs of man namely rice, wheat, grains, milk, fruits, and vegetables. The production of machines and machine tools increases the artificial living fashion of a class of vested interests and keeps thousands of men in starvation and unrest. This should not be the standard of civilization. The Shudra class is less intelligent and should have no independence. They are meant for rendering sincere service to the three higher sections of the society. The Shudra class can attain all comforts of life simply by rendering service to the higher classes. It is especially enjoined that a shudra should never bank money. As soon as the shudras accumulate wealth, it will be misused for sinful activities in wine, women, and gambling. Wine, women, and gambling indicate that the population is degraded to less than shudra quality. The higher castes should always look after the maintenance of the shudras, and they should provide them with old and used garments. A shudra should not leave his master when the master is old and invalid, and the master should keep the servants satisfied in all respects. The shudras must, first of all, be satisfied by sumptuous food and clothing before any sacrifice is performed. In this age, so many functions are held by spending millions. But the poor laborer is not sumptuously fed or given charity, clothing, etc. The laborers are thus dissatisfied, and so they make agitation. The Varners are, so to speak, classifications of different occupations. And ashram dharma is gradual progress on the path of self-realization. Both are interrelated and one is dependent on the other. The main purpose of ashram dharma is to awaken knowledge and detachment. The brahmachari ashram is the training ground for the prospective candidates. In this ashram, it is instructed that this material world is not actually the home of the living being. The conditioned souls under material bondage are prisoners of matter, and therefore self-realization is the ultimate aim of life. The whole system of astram dharma is a means to detachment. One who fails to assimilate the spirit of detachment is allowed to enter into family life with the same spirit of detachment. Therefore, one who attains detachment may at once adopt the fourth order, namely renounced, and thus live on charity only, not to accumulate wealth but just to keep body and soul together for ultimate realization. household life is for one who is attached. And the vanaprastha and sannyas orders of life are for those who are detached from material life. The brahmacharya ashram is especially meant for training both the attached and detached. I was born in the darkest of ignorance. My spiritual master opened my eyes. With the torch of knowledge, I offer my most humble respects and obeisances to my spiritual master. And of course, to his spiritual master, right up the parampara, this is a mouthful. This is a, I'm sorry. Yes, please. Oh, um, this is a mouthful of information. The entire Bhagavad Gita, the Srimad Bhagavatam, the scriptures, they're all alluding to and speaking of this particular text. It, it it's so simple, but why is it that things that are simple are complicated? If let me let me see if I can break that down and make it understandable. Or maybe you do understand it, but sometimes the most simple thing for us to do is the most complicated thing to do. Um for instance, when I was reading this And as I said, whenever you're reading scripture, it is exactly what you need, when you need it. It's like Krishna's Krishna. He knows us. He knows what we need. Um, If we could just operate our lives in such a way that there was order and there always has to be some order. If you think that's impossible or it doesn't make sense, look around you. I mean, even in um, the workplace, even at home, whether it's just you or your family, there has to be some type of order. And sometimes getting some type of order or establishing some type of order means that we have to go according to a guideline. And because we're humans, we think that we know all the guidelines, so we know everything, and we know what everyone should be doing except what we're supposed to be doing. We never do what we're supposed to do. Rarely do we do it. And I thought about... Because whether we want to or not, there's no getting away from what's going on around us. We don't have to be involved in it. We don't have to drown in what's going on outside the doors. But we have to be aware that if we operated in such a way that we honored van dharma, in each situation, it would be resolved. In the family, there's order. Dad, mom, the children, the parents and the leaders, and they go according to what the parents and, well, the parents are are telling them. And hopefully, and trustworthy, they are. They are giving them good guidance. But I, I broke this down I tried to break this down so that it made a lot of sense, just on a plain level. We can intelligent the scriptures up and just speak above head everyone's head, and that's no problem. Some people love that. When I got to understand it, when I understood the scriptures, I still like the fact that it can be broken down for this mind to understand. It's important, but this is what I was thinking about this morning. Because I needed to meditate over this last night. So I couldn't come up with anything because it was too much. Uh, let's see, how did we break it down so that it made sense not only to everybody else but to me? We started out with the forecasts and four orders being planned by the Lord himself. The purpose was accelerating transcendental qualities, giving the individual an opportunity to realize his spiritual identity. And all I did was I went back and I read the purport, but I wanted to familiarize myself with what I was writing. And a couple of points came up. Hmm. For example... If you are in disagreement with someone until everyone can gather their composure, the simplest thing to do when you see or feel an argument or disagreement coming on that's going to explode, the best thing to do is to step back and step out of the situation until the heads are cleared. But because our egos are so healthy and they need to be fed, our mood is to behave like the bulldog. You grab a hold of something and you hang on, you chew on, you bite on for dear life until you've worn your teeth out. That's kind of how we approach arguments. We want to have the last word. We want to be right and we want the other person to be wrong. And we want them to know that we know you're wrong. What's the point? Um, that's the thing. That's one of the things that we need to really rationalize. That's part of the order of the Vanashram Dharma, believe it or not. Um, there was another point of, oh yeah, retaliation. That also goes into uh, the mood uh, instead of trying to retaliate um, a situation that 's also a point where we should step back and think about the other person 's point of view and all of that really does fall under the guidelines of who we are in the vanashram system. It really does what we need to understand is. Just for a basic example, most of the situations that come across the newspapers or that come across our lives is about someone disagreeing or someone not liking what someone else is doing or someone having a different opinion of someone else. And in the Vanashram system, when it is set up properly, for the purpose that it's set up, we wouldn't have half the arguments that we had in the world. First of all, the biggest error is that we think everything belongs to us. Nothing belongs to us. Our life is Krishna's life. And it is Krishna's life because he wants the very best for us, because he knows better than us what is best for us. We know what feels good, but... Sometimes what feels good is not necessarily what's best for us. In the Vanashram system, you have the Rama, the Kshatriya, the Vaisha, the Sudra. And in this particular purport and situation, you have grandfather Bhishma Dev. Krishna has arranged this so that everyone is where they're supposed to be. Perfect. The Pandavas are there. More importantly than ever, Krishna is there. And I keep going over this in the back of my mind. Wouldn't it be wonderful if each and every one of us had the opportunity to see Krishna as we're leaving these material bodies? But Krishna manifested all of that for... Grandfather Bhishma Dave. He wanted Bhishma Dave to impart some knowledge to Yudhisthira and the Pandavas. He's about to leave his body. I'm not going to say that he was imperfect because he wasn't. He was human. But he wanted to make sure that he did the right thing by his relatives because they were going to be in a position of leadership. So... These are some key things that Bhishma Dev advised. And they still all fall under the fact that we need a system in order to run this world. Or people call it world order. But it's really Varnashram Dharma if they understood it. World order has totally nothing to do with Varnashram Dharma. But here's what Bhishma Dev is imparting to you to steer and everyone that's there because it's important. He says that the qualifications, there are nine qualifications for human beings. One, not to become angry. Two, not to lie. Three, to equally distribute wealth. Four, to forgive. Five, to beget children only by one's legitimate wife. Six, six, to be pure in mind and hygienic in body. Seven, not to be inimical toward anyone. Eight, to be simple. And nine, to support servants and subordinates. Otherwise, if you're not operating under these characteristics or guidelines, you are not considered a civilized person. So if we individually went through these nine qualifications, which ones are we adhering to and which ones are we breaking the laws for? You can look around you and see that the laws are being broken every single day. The first one that's becoming more widespread than ever, because this is Kali Yu, is that we're becoming angry. Angry angry because you don't see things my way. Now, it's easy. I don't know about you, but when we're speaking in terms, we're supposed to speak of us. But when we are speaking of seeing things my way, my way doesn't necessarily have to be the right way. So it's difficult for the other person to see things your way. But if you are operating in the mood of Devanashram dharma whatever your way is, it should be the proper way. It should be. When someone does not see something our way, and generally our way is wrong, we're angry on every possible level, from mother, father, sister, brother, corporation, to local to international levels. Every single war. Civil disturbance. Even the the incident that happened, what is it, January 6th is so popular now because of the individuals that went to Washington, D.C., and did something we never thought would happen. But these are things... That are not taking into account the Vanashram Dharma. Why are we getting angry? Because someone doesn't agree with who's in position. Someone doesn't agree with what someone has said. You could go on and on and on. And they're all still falling up under what Grandfather Bhishma Dave is saying. We shouldn't be angry. What is the one thing that's guaranteed to happen in the political system? They lie. We lie. We should not, but we lie. Bhishma Dev is setting the ground rules or the groundwork for a perfect civilization. We have a problem internationally and locally because we think we own everything. Especially if we didn't pay for it, we think we still own it. And still we're fighting about land, land, parts of land in other countries. This was happening back at that time, and it has gotten worse now. The one thing we have a problem with our ego is forgiving. See, if I forgive you, that means, to the uninformed, it means that Maybe I was wrong and you were right, so I should forgive you. No, no, doesn't mean that. It means that you rise above the level of the situation and you forgive someone. Do you know how freeing it can be to forgive someone? And most of the time, you'll find yourself forgiving someone just to resolve the situation, even if someone else is wrong. Why get into the depth the uh, the argument? You're wrong, so I'm not forgiving you. Forgive them. You don't lose anything. As a matter of fact, it elevates your personality. It makes you feel better. I'm learning that in this later stage in being a devotee, over what twenty some odd years, and there are people that have been devotees longer than that. How many times have I heard the phrase of forgive and forget? That's the ego's in the way. It's hard for me to forgive. And forget? No. Oh, no way. I'm not forgetting. But that is something that we need to do. The way the moral system, the human system, the family system is set up. There's so many children that are coming into the world that are coming in under relationships that have not been put together legally. And it has an impact on the system. It has an impact on the economic system and the social system. The point about being pure in mind and body is that it's it's one of the oldest statements in the Bible. Um I'm trying to remember when I was growing up we were Baptists, or I started out as Baptists. So it's cleanliness is next to godliness. That's that was the point. Um So we went on that, but the point is clean mind, clean heart, clean body. The other is not to be inimical towards someone, hurtful, mean. Some people thrive on it. Unless you have someone that's in a group that you can be angry with, you are not, you're not living. (laughs) You are definitely not living. There's gotta be somebody out there that you can disagree with, so that balances your life. No, it does not. What balances your life is to be in harmony with everyone, with all, even the animals have us beat sometimes. They have a system set up where if they are not getting along or something, they stay out of each other's way. They are also being fed and none of them are working. They are counting completely on the Lord. We should wake up. What does the Srila Prabhupada say? Jeep Jago, Jeep Jago, wake up. When do we wake up and start looking at this information that's being given to us? And text 26 is basic. It's very basic. Every single one of us in here has a position, has a Occupational and a spiritual position. It's just that you've got to figure it out. The instructions are here. The guidelines are here. Sometimes we try to operate in someone else's uh, varna. Sometimes, and there's nothing wrong with being a shudra. We have to have shudras. We also have to have those that are farmers that take care of the food, that protect the animals, that make sure that we have the proper produce. We are set up in such a way way that people are put in a position for a reason. The minute you move them out of the equation, the system's off, and our system is off because everybody wants to be a leader. Everybody wants to lead. It's like we got so many chiefs and not enough Indians. I can say that because somewhere down in my family history, there's a connection to the American Indian. So I'm not being condescending. There is a problem with leadership if you have a leader who is not leading according to the instructions of the Vedic system. How can you tell me not to, to drink or smoke or to do other things and you're doing it yourself? Bad example. If you don't do anything today except think about this Vanashram Dharma system, think or figure out by now everyone here is at an age where we can figure out where we belong in this Vanashram system, Vanashram Dharma system. And what highlights it even more is reading Srila Prabhupada's books because it's there. And they mentioned also in chapter or text 13 of the Bhagavad Gita. It tells you the significance of the Vanashram system. And what you'll also find is there's a lot of repetition. Why is there repetition? Because we don't always get it the first time. You can see something over and over again and it doesn't click. You can hear something same way and it doesn't click. That is why you will find so many different leelas in the scriptures. One of them has got to fit you. One of them has got to open up your eyes to what it is you're supposed to be doing. But in four, chapter 4, text 13 of the Bhagavad Gita, ah, tatu guna kama Vibhagasha tamana apimam vedri akartaram avyam. According to the three modes of material nature and the work associated with them, the four divisions of human society are created by me. So it isn't something that a group of people that had lofty ideas came together and put together. Krishna put this together. And although I am the creator of this system, you should know that I am not, that I am yet the non-doer, being unchangeable. And essentially it's repeating, but in maybe a little bit more detail, what we've just mentioned in chapter 20, in text 26, that the brahmanas are supposed to be Should be situated in the mode of goodness. Um, And they're to be members of the intelligent class, but we are so, be honest, we're fallen. We still have to come up to the level of actually saying, yes, I am a Brahmana. Even if you've been given the title, even if you've had second initiation you are still working on perfecting that title because we're in Kali Yuga and so, there's so much contamination we have to clean ourselves up. But that's the goal. And as the kasatriyas, part of the administration, is that they're situated in the mode of passion. Arjun was very passionate. And what may puzzle people is that It is indicated in the scriptures that you should not pretend that you're nonviolent. It is part of your characteristic to be violent from time to time. What's happening is that in the world, people are misusing this understanding, and they're being violent simply because they don't agree with each other or you don't call, we don't say the same things, we don't call the Lord the same thing. That's not the way it was set up. But kshatriyas, there's a specific pers- purpose for you. And there used to be a time where in some of the um, ISKCON um, lines of discipleship, there would be individuals that would specially train devotees in martial arts, in not so much military training, but In the ability to protect oneself, we've gotten away from that. And it should have no impact on the fact of our age. It should have no impact on that. We in this world right now, and understand me, I didn't say arm yourselves. I didn't say that. But I'm not saying that you can't. But the point is, we should be able to protect ourselves. And we've gotten soft even in my old age, and I always say I'm always one day closer to a hundred than I was the day before, the point is we should all be able to, to protect ourselves, but we count specifically on the kshatriyas. That is part of the personality of the kshatriya. The vaishas, the mercantile men, now this is what really got me. Now initially we're saying we shouldn't lie, but in order to run a business, unless you're going to have a really good business based on good fortune, sometimes you have to lie. Sometimes you have to tell the person, well, I'm really giving you this good deal. I'm going to lose money, but I'm going to, I'm just going to do it anyway. Liar. You can't run a business like that, but sometimes you got to do it as part of the system. It didn't say you have to be a blatant liar on everything, but there's a certain way to run certain parts of the system. That's acceptable. But it's acceptable in the mood of the person being profitable. Now, this particular statement will probably raise a lot of questions with a lot of people. But there's a point to this. Krishna's not imperfect. Everything that he has indicated and spoken to us is true. It works. He has never lied. Never. Not in my lifetime. And he never will. The the Shudras. Now, this is a thing that I can't understand. We have to have them. You have some people that you want to place in a higher position, but they will tell you point blank, I can't do it, or I'm not in the mood to do this, or it's not me. Accept that from the person. It's not that they're saying, I'm, I'm dumb or I'm less intelligent. This is my mood. I like to serve. There are people that like to serve, that like to do for others, and our position is we should be giving something back to these people to these individuals. But what's wrong is that the system is a little, it's turned upside down, and it's all based on ego. You figure if you've got something, if you've got extra, you're all puffed up. And anyone that has less, you look down at them, and you give them whatever's left. But it says in the scriptures that the sutras should be fed sumptuously before you feed anybody before you have any celebration and what happens is we end up giving people that we consider inferior or less wealthy than us the crumbs off the table that is so backwards so extremely backwards but this is the vanashram system the proper way and how is let's see hows the bhagavad gita explaining that the shudras are considered the labor class And they're saying that they're situated in the ignorant mode, but it's with the understanding that we're not calling people stupid. We're not. We have to understand the way this is being written and what it meant at the time, as opposed to how we describe this particular word. When we use ignorant or stupid, we're trying to down someone or dumb down someone. But in this situation, we're talking about someone that, and this is my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's someone who has a certain level of, what's the proper way? Because once it's out the mouth, I can't take it back. Uh, someone that's totally comfortable with doing a certain function. And that certain function is generally serving someone else. Actually, all of us should be that way. But shudras are very comfortable with it. They should be given whatever is necessary to live their lives out very comfortably. But we don't do that. The point is, the Vanashram Dharma system was set up so that we could understand how to get back home. But before that, to realize that we don't belong here anyway, and it's to, it's to understand that as civilized human beings, we belong somewhere else. These personalities that we have in these bodies are not our real personalities. It's like our soul is asleep, and this is our dream. We're dreaming this material world. Just just go with me for a minute, but we're dreaming this material world, and this is where we are, and this is our playground, and we're playing it out, and we're never, ever happy, and we can't figure out why. But in essence, we really are in the spiritual world. We've just gotten a little sidetracked. Like, you, go, you have a dream at night. Our dream is so deep that it is realized in the terms of our lives. Now that may be confusing, but think about it for a minute. If it doesn't make sense, put it on the shelf and, and visit it later. But the point is, the vanashram system has been set up for a purpose. We have heard this many times in the scriptures. We have read it in the scriptures. We have read of situations where Childhood friends of Krishna. Even though they're childhood friends of Krishna, they lived out their lives, and they did not necessarily become rich. Like what was who is this Sudarma? Sudam, yes, he was poor. He was poor, and his wife made it a point to let him know that he was poor. But he was okay with that. I'm not saying that Sudham was Shudra, but the point is he was a friend of Krishna. And that doesn't necessarily mean that because you're in a particular position, even with Krishna, that you're supposed to have certain things. Well, you'll find later that everything plays out in a positive manner. But Sudam, Sudham Sudhamma went to Krishna. We know the story. He went to Krishna, flat rice, didn't want to give it. Krishna loved it. He went back home. Mansion, everything he could possibly want. And actually what I'm getting from that is that we should take care of those that are providing, that are are working for us, and we should give them, if not what we have, at least the very best of what we have. The Vanashram Dharma system would work perfectly in this world right now because we wouldn't be separated. We wouldn't have this particular culture. We wouldn't have this particular country. We were all one big happy family. And um, for lack of a better word, ignorance set in and we've divided ourselves. If we didn't do a good job of it, society did a really good job of it. Not only do are we divided according to what country we were born in, what language we speak, but we're also divided according to what we have, what our colors are, um, what our education is. We have a caste system right here in the United States. We just don't call it that. They are, hmm, I shouldn't say they, What is happening is that we are being divided so much now in such a way that a division that we never thought possible would occur is occurring. Now we have a division where, go with me for a minute, those that are vaccinated, those that are unvaccinated are now two different groups. They are against each other. I've never in my life known people to be separated according to the shot that they took. This is how deep it's getting. And if you don't grab a hold to some intelligence, which is our scriptures, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. Who ever heard of this? When we talk, we should speak of us instead of they, them. We have to actually get ourselves together in order for someone to follow us. We have to wake up. We have to wake up, otherwise we're going to be dragged along. We're going to, we're going to be gone with the undercurrent of, of civilization as it is right now. This, the scriptures, are coming at you in a very point-blank way, depending on who's delivering the, um, the reading. Some of it is punch in the face. Some of it is just straight-up intelligence, It's according to the the group that's there and how I perceive you're going to understand this. But the best way to put it is the conception of forecasts and four orders of life as planned by the Lord himself is to accelerate transcendental qualities of the individual person so that he may gradually realize his spiritual identity and thus act according to get free from material bondage or conditional life. In almost all the Puranas, the subject matter is described in the same spirit and so also in the Mahabharata. It is more elaborately described by Bhishma Dev in the Shantiparva, beginning from the 60th chapter. In the 18th chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, in text 41 through 43, it lists the characteristics that we should be attaining as devotees, as individuals, as humans. And if we for one moment think that we are important or that we're perfect, all I would ask is that, first of all, listen to what Grandfather Bhishma Dave is saying, uh, is the uh, the complete individual, what makes up a civilized human being. Look at these nine characteristics. Go a little bit further and read from the scriptures from the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 18, text 41. I am so far removed from being perfect. I will not and I will try not ever to make anyone think that I'm perfect because we have so far to go. There is, we are in Kali U. There is so much that has been set up to keep us from getting to where we're supposed to go. Our goal is to fight like spiritual warriors. Remember, nothing is impossible because we have the help of our Father, our Mother, Father, God. We have that backup. So, this Vanashram Dharma system, whichever ring or level that we're on, honor it, be it, set an example so that someone else can follow, so that you are teachable. Srila Prabhupada, a long time ago, said, we're not trying to make everybody Krishna conscious. We're trying to remember what, there's so many things he said, because when I started out and someone said, Srila Prabhupada said, I I would say, where is it? I was always asking them, back it up. But the point is, Srila Prabhupada actually did say, we are not trying to make everyone Krishna conscious. We just want to introduce everyone to a, Devotee, a Krishna devotee. And if everyone is introduced to a Krishna devotee who is imbibing all of the qualities of a devotee, what to say of the civilized human life manner that we should be a part of, that we should imbibe, what an impact we would have on the world if we did the needful and the right thing. This whole world would look different. And that really is the gist of what I'm saying. I can't make it as perfect as the scriptures. I can only give it to you as I'm feeling it. You may feel it a totally different way. But the point is, we have to start acting now as devotees, properly following the Vanashram system. If there's a question as to how and where you belong on that system, Ask a learned soul. Ask a spiritual master. Ask someone that is seriously taken to devotional service. Don't ever follow anything blindly. Always ask questions. But there is an answer to everything that is going on in life right now. And right now, there is a vanashram dharma order. Not the world order. I have no idea what that's going to lead anyone to, but the Vanashram Dharma system will lead you to a much more elevated life. And if at some point in time it's your time to be with Krishna, you will be there. But your main aim is, is to take what you've learned and share it with someone else so that their life can be to somewhat of a level peaceful in this material world. Now, I hope I haven't oversimplified this, but does anyone have any comments or any questions or anything you want to share? Please do so. Because I think I've run out of time. Oh, yeah. Anyone, any comments? Any questions? Uh, Yes, Prabhu, the mic, please. Is it on? Uh, Yes, it is. Yes.
2: It is on.
0: Rabu, please introduce yourself because many people are going to hear this all over the world.
2: My name is Sanatan Govindadas.
0: Sanatan Govindadas. Uh,
2: so, uh, I like the um, the point that you made that uh, un- that we get into the tendency that to we find someone to hate ah. or disagree, and uh, unless we do that, our life is not complete. Yes, <laughs> it's so amazing. Yeah, I mean, unconsciously, many of us, not, not you, right, but many yeah. of us do that. And watching the daily news or reading daily newspaper mm-hmm. makes us really, uh, hateful towards certain people, whether politicians or whoever, certain group of people or certain movement. Mm. And Srila Prabhupada told us not to waste time uh, reading newspaper. Because news, reading today's newspaper, especially in these times, it's definitely going to make us uh, very hateful yes, and angry all the time. And just because we get angry, the problem in the world is not going to get solved. True. Only we spoil our own consciousness. Mm-hmm. So I like that. Uh, but I, I know some uh, friends mm-hmm. who, <laughs> unless they find someone to hate their life, <laughs> they don't feel their life is complete. <laughs> it's so funny, but why it's is true. Why is that?
0: Why? 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 I mean, what kind of personality needs someone to hate in order to have a good life? I I don't understand. But you know what? You're right about the news. Because when I'm driving along and someone has on the, I think they call it, okay, I better not call it by the station name, but it's a station that has nothing but news, just updating you on world news and what's going on in the world. But they're driving, they're listening to the news and you can tell by the way they're driving, they're angry. They're just angry and you can look over at them. You know, sometimes I, I have to. You know, I, I'm I'm just curious, what do you look like listening like that and driving like that? But you look at them and they have a grimace on their face. They're just they're just angry. We can eliminate a lot of of indifferent moods that we go through by our association, by our surroundings, by not finding ourselves in a situation where we know someone is going to do something that's going to be angry or anger-motivated. We have to really mind our association and the people that we're around to the point where even if It's someone very close to you, and this cause requires special workings or manipulations, but sometimes you have to distance yourself from certain situations and from certain people. What to say if it's in your own family, in your own house? That's a little heavy, but it's going on. It's going on especially right now because what's happening is most people are finding themselves 24-7 in the house with their spouse or their children. And they begin to look at each other like, oh gosh, I didn't see that in you before. I don't like that. My gosh. Why did I marry you? What is this? This is happening and it shouldn't because it's a perfect time to try to resolve issues. You're there. You have the proper books around you. Hopefully the scriptures read the book, read Trilla Prabhupada's books. But the point is now people are becoming more angry with each other. They're falling out of love with each other. They're finding ways to be angry with each other. And if you notice anything, it's not working. So it's time to try something new, something that is God-given. And something that has been proved over and over again when followed properly. Yeah, you're right. More and more people are trying to, they're not comfortable unless they're angry with someone.
2: Hate is not God given, but love is God given.
0: Yes. Absolutely. When we start, when we start the class, we're singing about the the love between Krishna, but it's the love between all of us. Jayarada Madhava. There is nothing about Krishna that's hateful. Absolutely nothing. We can't duplicate Krishna, but we can follow in the footsteps of his disciples, his children, those that are leaving a wonderful example of what God consciousness is. We can use those examples and be a part of it. It's when we start thinking that we've got a new idea and a new way to do something, stick with the tried and true. If it's working if it's not broke, don't fix it. And real quickly, I gotta say, that was one of my problems. When I was growing up, oh, what did my parents know? I knew everything. I knew everything. I'm sure I, I'm sure I gave them all the gray hairs that they left this world with. But the point is, we have to be, have to come to a point where we are humble. Humility is a strength It is not a weakness, it is a strength. We have to communicate in such a way that we're not trying to force people to do things. Mainly, we should be examples so that they want to follow us. And in particular, text 26 of the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 1, Chapter 9, sums up to a great deal of what the scriptures are about and how one is defined or how one can be defined. And throughout the books, you're given examples of the ideal Brahmana, the ideal Kshatriya, Vaisha, Shudra. And they're all reputable. They're all God-loving and God-fearing people that you want to be a part of. There's nothing negative about this. What's Negative is that sometimes we don't want to change our habits and we get used to it. Now's the time to start changing. So I'm going to end at this point. No other questions? Uh, I just, just, want to mean, to, just a small
2: comment. Yes. Uh, you, may, you mentioned the name of Sudama, mm, Krishna's yes. friend. He was a Brahmana.
0: Was he? I'm trying to remember. I was trying to remember, was he a sutra or a Brahmana? Yes, he was. Thank you so much for that correction. But he wasn't wealthy. So there's no guarantee that the brahmanas that are around us should be wealthy. That's not our natural designation. We're to accept charity. Um, And that's how we're supposed to live our lives. And at some point, generally throughout the life of a brahmana, Krishna makes it so even simple living you can get by on simple living. And Sudama was. Thank you so much for that. But yes, everyone has a uh, particular place in this world and in life. And now is a good time to s- start reading up on it and trying to be the best or the better of who you're supposed to be. Thank you. Shrimad Bhagavatam Ki Jai, Shri La Pravupad Ki Jai. Shri... Rada, Kala, Chanji, Dam, Ki, Jai, Nittai,